O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Unto us the Christ is born. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. Unto us the Christ is born. O come, let us worship him.
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Old Testament lesson for the day of the Nativity of our Lord is written in the 40th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the 17th verse. In the first month in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was raised up. Moses raised up the tabernacle and laid its sockets and set up its boards and put its bars and raised up its pillars. He spread the covering over the tent and put the roof of the tabernacle above on it, as the Lord commanded Moses. 
He took and put the covenant into the ark, and set the poles on the ark, and put the mercy seat above on the ark. He brought the ark into the tabernacle, and set up the veil of the screen, and screened the ark of the covenant, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the Lord's glory filled the tabernacle. Moses wasn't able to enter into the tent of meeting because the cloud stayed on it, and the Lord's glory filled the tabernacle. When the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward throughout all their journeys. But if the cloud wasn't taken up, then they didn't travel until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel, throughout all their journeys. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is written in the third chapter of the epistle to Titus, beginning at the fourth verse. Brothers, when the kindness of God our Savior and His love toward mankind appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we did ourselves, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we might be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Alleluia! A holy day has dawned upon us. Come, all you nations, and worship the Lord. Alleluia! The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness hasn't overcome it. There came a man, sent from God, whose name was John. The same came as a witness, that he might testify about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but was sent that he might testify about the light. The true light that enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own, and those who were his own didn't receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become God's children, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The Word became flesh and lived among us. We saw his glory, such glory as of the one and only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him. He cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, for he was before me. From his fullness we all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The one and only Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, has declared him. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, full of grace and truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, full of grace and truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. It's a joy this morning to be with you all on Christmas morning. Brother called all to have you here this morning. To have all the saints from First English here with us, and of course all of our saints here at Christ the King. Welcome. This morning our sermon will look at what's called the antiphon, the first few lines of that introit, along with the gospel. And in that antiphon, we prayed this morning, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. This child is what St. John calls in the gospel the light which has, which has come to shine in the darkness. The child is the light coming back into the world which was created through him. He has come back to shine on all. The creator has returned to his creation, and that ought to be like a father returning home to his family with everyone running to greet him with open arms. But instead, as the light returns, his own creation does not know him. His own people, when they see the light, scatter like cockroaches into the darkness, running away from him. A child is born to us, 
but creation doesn't recognize him. To us, a son is born, but even at his birth, he is rejected. He enters the world in humility, and then the government of his own people tries to kill him. Now for thousands of years before this, amidst a world of sin and death, God through his prophets had promised to send a servant with peace, mercy, forgiveness, and deliverance. Now imagine if you are part of that chosen people who had waited over a thousand years for their Messiah, for what Isaiah described as a great divine warrior, for what Ezekiel described as the great shepherd. You're waiting for this mighty figure to come and fight on your behalf. And so as you struggle as a people in the dark world of sin for over a millennia, amidst slavery and oppression, wars and bloodshed, God finally says your deliverance has arrived. And as you take a look to see what your deliverance is, you don't see a fierce face. You don't see a rugged warrior. You see instead the face of a small child. Can salvation be found in an infant? And God's answer is, yes, of course. The scriptures everywhere speak of mercy and forgiveness, deliverance and peace, and it's easy to think of those things as some abstract ideas. Just nice things we talk about. Nothing that you can actually touch or feel. But today, as the light has come into the world, God is showing those aren't just ideas. If you were to grab that baby's hand, you'd be touching the mercy of God. If you heard his cues, you'd be hearing his forgiveness. If you held him, you would be holding your deliverance and peace, just as Simeon did. God's mercy and forgiveness, his deliverance and peace, lies incarnate in the manger. The child has come to shine the light. The government is upon his shoulder. The government thinks this is just a child, that they can overtake him, but the darkness cannot overcome the light because the shoulders of this child have come to bear the burdens of the spiritual war for us. And Isaiah continues to say of this child, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And along with this, St. John says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory that John speaks about is what he had seen and touched. The glory that John speaks about this Christmas morning is the child who is the wonderful counselor. That is, he is divine wisdom incarnate. He possesses such spiritual wisdom that human wisdom can't reach up to it because human wisdom isn't too much folly. He has so much wisdom that not even Solomon possessed this much wisdom. He is divine wisdom, so that when he counsels and teaches, his words can never be mastered. His, the full depth of his words can never be fully understood. Yet when you hear them, it always brings blessing and salvation every time. The wisdom this child shines on us is this. 
In humiliation, there is hope. In the weakness of human flesh, there is divine strength. In the flesh, on his shoulders, he bore the sins of the world. In the flesh, he brought them to the cross. In humiliation and the weakness of our flesh, he hung on the cross and died. And in that weakness was divine strength. Divine strength that in death showed the glory of God. That in death showed the forgiveness of sins. That in death showed the victory over the devil. The human grave is seen as weakness. But there again, in the grave, there is divine strength as he rose again. This child is the might and power of God incarnate who took every attack of sin, who took the attack of death and the devil and still shined in the darkness. This child is the everlasting Father incarnate, meaning this, that as a king or ruler is father over his people, so this child would be raised again and descended to heaven and sit on the throne of David forever with all the authority of heaven and earth given to him. He's an everlasting father in the sense that he is the everlasting ruler, everlasting king, the prince of peace, who doesn't rule as a tyrant, but rules in mercy and grace, giving his body for us so we may be forgiven and shedding his blood for us so we may be reconciled to the Father. This is the glory of the incarnate Son which John speaks of, which he saw as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, something you can touch, taste, and feel. And as this child is given to us, the psalm says, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. We hear that saying, sing a new song. and some, Maybe we imagine going home and pinning a new song every day to the Lord, but that's not what it's saying. Rather, it's telling us that as we meditate on the incarnation, we should do it constantly so that in our meditations on the incarnation, we can see how the Lord's mercies are new and fresh every morning. So that as we always receive the Lord's mercies, by His Word and His flesh, we may have a fresh reason every morning to praise and sing to our incarnate Lord. The only way to sing a new song to the Lord every day is to hear the Scriptures every day, to meditate on the incarnational reality of those Scriptures every day, to meditate on the wonder that this child is. To meditate on a mystery like the Incarnation is not to try to explain it, but it is to ask what it means for us in our lives every day. What does it mean for you that this day the Son of God assumed our flesh? What does it mean for you that He had a mother and a father and was raised from being a child to an adult? What does it mean for us that the wisdom of God became incarnate, walked among us, and then hung on the cross? What does it mean that the power of God is found in the flesh of man? What does it mean that this man rules over heaven and earth? There is a flesh and blood man reigning over heaven and earth right now. 
What does it mean that he will usher in the day to come? What does it mean that God himself died for you on the cross? And meditating on the incarnation is also meditating on the sacraments. What does it mean for you today that in the waters your flesh has been united to the flesh of Christ crucified? Think about that every time that you're suffering. What does it mean that your flesh is united to His right there? Or what does it mean for you today that in those same waters your flesh was also united to the flesh of Christ resurrected? When you rejoice, reflect on that. You're united to the Christ who has risen again. What does it mean for you today that you have been united to the flesh of the Word who was in the beginning before all creation, who was with God, who is God, and was in the beginning with God? You're united to that in John 1. You are united to that. What does it mean that not only are you united to this flesh, but you have been made a part of the body of Christ? And this isn't some analogy, as you are wont to tell us, and rightfully so. This isn't some analogy. This is a concrete reality. You are a member of the flesh and blood body of Christ. Whenever you read about the flesh and blood of Christ and what he did in the flesh, you are united to that. What does that mean for you? What does it mean that today you have been baptized into the very creed you confess? That you've been baptized into the midst of the Trinity that we adore? Or that you eat the flesh of an eternal God? Or drink the blood with the life of God in it? What does it mean for you today that you eat and drink the body and blood of the very light of God having come into the world? Now, we could run to our theological books and give you every dogmatic question to every answer in there. And that we have those answers is important. But that's not what the psalmist is saying here. These are the eternal mysteries of the incarnate Son of God. The eternal mysteries lying there in a manger. It is not impossible to exhaust meditating on them in the world. And and it is impossible to exhaust the blessings that this mystery gives in our lives. So what the psalmist is doing today, as Isaiah tells us about this child in the manger, what the psalmist is also doing is inviting you to hear and meditate on the incarnate Son of God. Because the more we meditate on the Word, the more the Word works in us, the more we see grace upon grace given to us the more the Word reveals the truth to us and the more the Son with the Spirit makes the Father known to us. It blesses us every day. What is before us in the manger is a mystery. It's a marvel. So as we pray with the psalmist, may we always be in meditation of this child given to us. May we always be in wonder of the Son given to us as we partake of His flesh and blood in a bit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, 
have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that the new birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free, who are held in the bondage under the yoke of sin. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. 
cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.